0: your Bibles
1: this morning to 2nd Corinthians chapter 4. That's 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 and give me an amen once you are there. <clears throat> and So Father again we come before you this morning with thanksgiving and praise. You are the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. I think of Jeremiah. You're his God as well, Lord. Ezekiel, Elijah, Elisha. Lord, your wonders are known throughout history, Lord. Oh, you sent your beloved son, Jesus, your only begotten into the world to speak truth and to die on the cross for the sins of the world, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's in his name that we've gathered this morning, Father. Your word is beautiful because it ministers to us, it changes us, it challenges us, it convicts us. And so, Holy Spirit, God, we pray, bring conviction, bring change, bring strength, Lord, to us. Lord, we need your help this morning. We need your directions. Father, we ask that you would pour out your grace. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say Amen. Amen. And so the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. We know that uh, this second letter is one of defense for him. Uh, False teachers have crept into the church at Corinth to try to discredit him, try to, uh, uh, you know, turn the church away. And so throughout these chapters, you know, we're going to hear. Paul instructing them but keep in mind it's it's a contrast his life in comparison to theirs he's sincere he's doing it for the Lord they're coming with different angles and in the previous chapter he mentioned how the glory of the new test or the glory of the new covenant is greater than the glory of the old covenant, of the law, the letter of the law. He said the ministry of the Spirit is much more glorious than the ministry of the law. When the commandments were given to Moses, it was a glorious thing, no doubt. The Ten Commandments, God wrote them with his finger and engraved them on those two tablets. And he came down from the mountain glowing, his skin shone, uh, so much so that the children of Israel could not look at him steadily. Like they can look, but they had to turn away because he was he was lit up. He was bright. He was on fire. And so they couldn't look at him steadily um, uh, at, at the glory of his countenance. That was passing away. It was passing away. It faded out eventually. Because the the law condemns us all because none of us can keep the law. We've all broken the laws. And if the Bible says that if you're, If you're guilty, if if you break one of the laws, you're guilty of breaking them all. And so what can we do if we're all condemned under the law? Well, that means that we need a Savior to save us because the punishment for breaking the law is death. And Jesus came to die on the cross so that we wouldn't have to die eternally. And for those of us who believe in Him, we have eternal life. And that punishment that was coming our way, literally going to hell we were going, because of what he did. He saves us from eternal damnation. And so the ministry of the Spirit is more glorious because it's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Not only that, not only are we saved by him, but the ministry of the Holy Spirit never dies. Same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit That's in every believer that gives life to our mortal bodies. So it never wears out. He never, the Holy Spirit never gets tired. He always energizes us. If we walk in God's ways, if we as believers choose not to obey the Lord, choose not to abide in Christ, Holy Spirit can empower that. And that's why you see within the church, there are some people that are on fire and there are other people that look depressed, like they've not learned Christ. What's the issue with them? Well, the issue is clear. God's an equal opportunity God. The reason why they're not on fire, the reason why they're not energized or excited about God is because they're not abiding with him. His spirit of truth will energize us. And not only that, but the Holy Spirit also transforms us into the image of, of the Son of God. Can you believe that the glory of our Lord Jesus, as we abide in him, his Holy Spirit is transforming us daily to be more and more like Jesus. That's why the longer we walk with him, the more unrecognizable we should be to people who knew us 20 years ago. We should be completely different people. We should be more kinder, more at peace, more joyful, more uh, of, of servants, more all the good things that Jesus is, that should be reflected in our lives. If it's not, then it's because we're not abiding in him. But the Holy Spirit supernaturally transforms us into the image of Jesus from glory to glory. And so Paul continues in verse 1. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, this ministry of the Spirit, right? This service of the Spirit. Therefore, since we have the Spirit, as we have received mercy, we do not lose Heart, and this is a, a beautiful statement here. He says that as we have received mercy (past tense), we do not lose heart. The apostle Paul, as we will read in this chapter, I mean, he went through the ringer. He went through so much persecution, so much hatred for his uh, faith in Jesus Christ, for his witness of the Lord, as he went on missionary journey throughout all of Asia Minor and Jerusalem and everywhere he went, he just faced so many trials and so many persecutions. And no doubt, the Apostle Paul despaired many times. He felt like giving up many times and God had to encourage him. But he says here that we do not lose heart because we've received mercy, past tense. In other words, the Apostle Paul understood that in spite of his past, Christ still forgave him and gave him this ministry. Unbelievable. Ministry means, he means here, service. God is giving him this opportunity to serve him in spite of what God knew of the apostle Paul the Apostle Paul felt really bad about his old life before he came to Christ. Not in a sense where, you know, he didn't live with the joy of the Lord or it was crippling on him. He had a healthy understanding of how bad of a man he was, which is important for us to also understand here today that God saved us, not from little sins, as some sinners like to call them, but from, from, from sins that are so egregious that it nailed Jesus to the cross. And too many people are light on sin, on sin when the Lord says, if your right hand causes you to sin or your right eye causes you to sin, it is better for us to pluck it out, cut off our hand, to enter into heaven maimed rather than to go into hell with all of our limbs in place. That's how serious it is to the Lord's sin that he died on the cross for it. He 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 tells us that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It takes a little bit. So sin is deadly, incredibly deadly. And the Apostle Paul understood that he was a bad man. But in a good sense, he understood that God gave him mercy. The Apostle Paul felt so bad that he considered himself the least of the apostles. He said, I am the least of the apostles. He says, I should not even be named as an apostle, he said. Why? Because he said, I persecuted the church of Christ. He persecuted Christians before he came to faith. He was there. He voted on their, on their executions. He held the cults while they killed the first martyr of the church, Stephen. The Apostle Paul understood he was a bad man, but thank goodness he put his faith in the one who loves us, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who died on the cross for our sins. That no matter how bad his sins were, Jesus gave him mercy. And because, past tense, God has given him mercy, he says, I do not lose heart. In other words, his conversion Story, how God changed him, how God, how God had mercy on him, though he was such a great sinner. That was always with Paul because it encouraged him when the going got tough. He didn't quit. And there are many in the church who just have no endurance, no perseverance. They, they, they too are just, uh, you know, not pressing on, not going forward. And, and what's the reason for that? Why do they give up? Is it because the Holy Spirit is weak? No. It's because they have lost a true sense of what Christ has done for them in their life. My goodness, guys, I, I, I don't want to think of my old life, but from time to time I do, I think it's, it's healthy. Not that I'll ever go back there, but I think, wow, what God has redeemed me from. Wow. Unbelievable. I just cannot, be-. it was a whole nother life. I did have one of those crazy conversions, crazy life before I came to Christ. Nine years in, 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 in a very active gang. It wasn't like from time to time I was violent. It was part of my existence. I was a violent man. I was a, a man who did drugs. I was a man who, who, who womanized. I was, a, I was a sinner of sinners. But God has had mercy on me. And has given me this ministry and so I don't lose heart all I got to do is think back to the day God saved me and that's all you have to do as well God has given each and every one of us a ministry and he has forgiven you and I of all of our sins but if we are grateful for that we will persevere we ain't quitting we ain't going anywhere because times are tough shoot the tough get going in Romans chapter 5 verse 5 Paul says now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us we don't give up we don't lose hope because it's an impossibility for the Christian who has the Holy Spirit in him In Romans 8, 31, 35, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? The Apostle Paul is saying, man, we have the Holy Spirit. We are good. We are good. If you think about the early church and how many women and children were killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not even mentioning the name. How many women and children were tore up by the lions in Rome? How many of them were turned into candles and lit up as candles? Even today, our brothers and sisters are being persecuted. And like the Bible says in Hebrews 12, you know, we have not resisted to to bloodshed. We have not resisted against sin to the point of bloodshed. We're not bleeding. We haven't bled for the Lord. So why do we lose heart? His Holy Spirit will strengthen and encourage. There are many, though, in this, this who give up. You know, the, the call as a Christian is a difficult one. Didn't our Lord say to enter the narrow gate? That that the way is difficult and there are few who find it, but broad? is is the way of destruction and there are many who go by because broad is easy but the narrow path is difficult and so there are many christians who who don't continue strong the way they should they're buying into uh, their flesh and the lies of the devil it's too hard if i surrender more to christ if i if I volunteer, if I serve them, if I come regularly where there's accountability in my life, if I get to know them at church, if I if I get out of hand religiously and I'm going, you know, I can't hide out. I can't do my own thing anymore. And that's precisely why it's difficult. Because the flesh wants to do its own thing. Before we came to Christ, we lived for ourselves. Our flesh has not been redeemed. Our spirit has. But our flesh still wants to live for itself. It's the self-life. It's living for our comforts and living for our rights. What we want to do, when we want to do it, and where we want to go. Jesus said that the true life is found in denying ourselves and following Him daily. And so many people give up because they bought into this lie from the devil that it, it is impossible for you and I to change and be obedient to the Lord and to give ourselves to his service. It's not impossible. The reality is, is yes, it's hard, but with every difficult step of obedience that we take, God the Holy Spirit makes it lighter. I'm going to repeat that with every difficult step of obedience. You think I, you can't do it. I can't do it. It's too hard. That's too much. I like a little bit of church, but that's too churchy for me. You're, you're deceived. The reality is for those of us who love Christ, we want more of Jesus, not less. We want more obedience, more volunteering, more uh, uh, attendance to the church. And with every hard step of obedience, we find the Holy Spirit giving us strength and building us. So the steps that were hard become easier and smoother as we go along, or else I wouldn't be here after 24 years. I'm here because he came to give us life in that much more abundant. And throughout the hard years, he has always given me strength to get over those hard things of obedience and they become amazing. And then you look back at last year, the things that were hard for you, now they're easy peasy. They're a cinch, man. You've grown in strength. It's not that he makes those things easier, is that he makes you and I stronger. And that's why you see people at church regularly. That's why you see people serving. That's why you see them go on mission trips and whatever's clever. Wherever you need me, Lord. Because our flesh ain't the boss of us. I'm not here to tell Jesus when and where I will serve him. It's whatever you want me to do, Lord. And that that's what he said. That's where life is and that much more abundant. Too many people are still living their own, own lives. The world out there, they don't give two cents about church or the Lord or his word or serving him. And who are we more like? Like the world or like Christians? The world lives for self, and too many Christians are living for themselves. May the Holy Spirit bring conviction where it has to be. He makes it easier. He makes it so easier. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light, is what he said. The devil's like, No, 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 no. They just want to control you. You know what? He's a liar, and he was a liar from the beginning. He told Eve, you know, did God really say that? No, he knows that when you eat of the fruit, you're going to be like him. You're going to know good from, good from evil. And she bit the lie. And that's the status of the world. They believe that they know what's right and what's wrong. There's no need for them to ask God in their opinion. And he also lied to her and said, you shall not surely die. That's a lie. You know that the world's going to die. All of those people who reject Jesus, they don't know this because they're blinded by the devil. Their death is coming. And it's serious. We'll get more on that in a little bit. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. I love the fact that God had to encourage the Apostle Paul Many a times, and it's recorded. God would say to him, don't be afraid, Paul, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. You know, the Holy Spirit would minister to him. You know, we read in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30 how King David, uh, it says that he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That there's our part to play when it comes to strengthening our heart. It's not like he's just going to strengthen our heart. God is watching with loving eyes and waiting for our relationship to come together. God knows, oh, you don't want to pray. You don't want to dialogue. You don't want to dialogue with me. But what do you want? What? Oh, you want strength for your heart, but you don't want to dialogue with me. Oh, you want to use me for my power, but you don't want a relationship with me. And that's why it doesn't work for people. No, 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 no. We, you know, our souls get downcasted. We, we, you know, get to areas of despair in our lives. But we come to Christ because we love him and we say, I'm here. You don't have to give me anything, but all I ask is that you give me you. I just want you. I need you. I want to know you. I'm not asking you for nothing but you. I want you. And then God begins to. To just minister to your heart and strengthen your heart. And you remember how he saved you. And you remember how you're no longer the person you used to be. And all that he's done for you. That's why it says in Luke 18 verse 1, the writer of the gospel, Luke, Luke, he wrote that Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And so prayer is the key to not losing heart. It might, you know, you may feel great in the Lord in the morning. But right, maybe before dinner, you don't feel all right. Maybe in your spirit, you sense things aren't right with the world or with my family. And God might just be saying, cool. I have another prayer session. Have another devotion. You'll feel a lot better. And there you are before dinner Going into your room, opening up your Bible, getting on your face before the Lord, praying, strengthen me, I love you, I just want you. You come out, woo, all peppy, ready to have a good dinner. That's how we roll, that's how we are. We're in these messed up bodies where it comes and it goes. But the Holy Spirit's ministry in our life never dies because he ever lives to intercede for us. And it's the word of God. Jeremiah said in, 15, in Jeremiah 15, 16, he said, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Here's the word of God. He ate them, he digested them. And it became to him a joy and the rejoicing of his heart. Faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. So you feel down, join the club. You feel depressed, join the club. There's no other remedy but God, I'm sorry. You can go to doctor to doctor, from prescription to prescription. At the end of the day, it's you need to spend quiet time with God. Try that. And not many pastors will tell you that. And I don't mean a quick prayer for your dinner and a five-minute devotion in the morning, maybe that ain't enough for you. Maybe you're still filled with anxiousness and worry and doubt and depression. Maybe God is saying, yeah, nowhere in my scripture did, I, did it say five minutes. It says seek him when you're down, so seek him. Cast your cares upon him for he cares for you and don't leave until you feel better. Take off your watch and stay a while because he knows you want to bounce. He knows, ooh, he busts me all the time. Eee, all, right. all right. The game can wait. You know, whatever can wait, I need time with the Lord. Psalm, Psalm 119, 49, the psalmist says, Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Psalm one nineteen fifty 50 says, This is my comfort and my affliction, for your word has given me life. The word of God Man, there's nothing like it to lift up our spirits. It's the Word of God. We need the very words of life to lift our spirits. You know who you are. If you're in here or you're watching and, like, you haven't read the Bible in, like, days, you know, what do you want? It doesn't work because you don't want to read the Bible.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 830 a.m., and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We-